comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined as usual by... Pierce. And tonight we're here to talk about one of our favorite television shows ever, I yeah. would say, at least mine. <laughs> I mean, is it a show? Yeah. Okay. It's a show with three seasons, or three series, because it's British. Yep. Nine episodes, and a mini-sode, and uh, more to come. But the show we're talking about is the BBC's Sherlock, starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman as uh, Holmes and Watson. I keep wanting to say Martin Short, and that's not right. <laughs> that would be a very, very different show <laughs> that I'd be much less interested in watching. But yes, yeah, so the third series has finally premiered and aired. It's awesome, I think. We, we both were impressed by it. You didn't like the first episode as much, right? Um, A little bit. It was a little rougher for me. But we'll get into that. The show premiered in 2010. I'm about to say, it is old now. That's, well, four years. Although it actually aired in the summer, so three and a half years. So the show is a modern update of the Sherlock Holmes mythos by uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, uh, led by Stephen Moffat, Mark Gattis, and another producer whose name I don't have in front of me and I cannot remember off the top of my head. I believe it's Evelyn something, but um, I uh, I guess... Is it a chick or a dude? It's a woman, and uh, I guess Moffat and Gaddis are a bit more vocal in terms of show-running stuff, so they're, and everyone they're the names Moffitt, you hear yeah. more often, and Gaddis, of course, from Doctor Who as well. Where would you, how'd you find out about this, about this show? I, I have no idea. Was it from me? Was it from some completely different place? Or That is a good question. If it was 10, I was living in Seattle, and I feel like I watched it out there, but I'm not entirely positive. Did I introduce you to this, or did you introduce me to this? I don't have a feeling it was neither. I have a feeling we both found it independently. It must have been one of my Whovian friends then that uh, was like, oh, you know what Moffat's doing, right? And I was like, nope. And then I probably watched it and I was like, this is awesome. Because I definitely watched the first two series of this before I ever saw a lick of Doctor Who. So. Well, yeah. You, well, you put off watching Doctor Who for a while. Yeah. I just remember, actually, I, I think I found out about it fall of 10 because it launched January of 11, I believe. And In the U.S., maybe. No, I'm saying season series two. Oh, series two was, was, was January, January of 2012. Was it? Yep. It's been two years, approximately two years between every season. year and a half between the first two seasons, or series, and two years between the second two series. Huh. That's frustratingly of a long time. Okay. Yeah, didn't realize that. That's all I remember. I don't know what your story is, but... Um, I probably heard about it on a television podcast. I listen to a lot of t- uh, podcasts that are dedicated, you know, actually hosted by real-life television reviewers who get paid to do that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, Firewall and Iceberg and Talking TV with Ryan and Ryan, stuff like that. Um, the IGN one... Um, there's, there's a lot of good television podcasts out there, but it was probably one of those I heard about it on. I, I know I definitely saw the second, the first series before the second started airing in the U.S. I don't remember where. It might have been on Netflix, but I definitely watched it before the second series started airing and watched that one on PBS, and then, of course, just watched this third one. Um, yeah, it's, it's frustrating that we have to wait too long, mostly just because of the production-slash-distribution model in general. It's a British show, which means they don't do things the same way that television has done been done in the U.S. for a long time, and I'm fine with that yeah. normally, and I'm still fine with it here, but it's they don't do 22 episodes every year. They do three episodes every couple years for this show. Um, yeah, very frustrating. Three 90-minute episodes. Basically, you get three Sherlock Holmes movies every couple years that are released yeah. you know, in, in but, short sequence. Well, yeah, very short sequence. Within, like... A month, and that's kind of frustrating, but we'll get to that. I mean, it's, it's only frustrating that you have to wait a long time between it, but it's awesome that when you get those, it's a big chunk of, you know, four and a half hours of awesome, awesome television that we get. Yeah. And I'm fine with waiting time between that. You know, the stars are busy filming things like The Hobbit. I was about to say, I think hopefully, Star Trek. hopefully now it'll be a lot quicker uh, now that The Hobbit's on filming. I don't think they're working on anything. I mean, I'm sure they're working on something, but nothing as big of a project as having to move to uh, what's called New Zealand for two years. And not that I know so. of, anyway. <laughs> um, so what is it about this version of Sherlock Holmes that you like? I mean, are you even familiar? I mean, I'm assuming if you're familiar, but have you read a lot of Conan Doyle's work? Should I point you to the Leatherbound's complete 
Sherlock Holmes edition that I have on my... You could, but the the podcast audience can't see that. Well, pretend that I'm pointing it to you guys there. Yes. I have uh, The Complete Works. I've not read every story, but I've read a lot of the major ones. You know, enough that... So, you know, the the titles of them are supposed to correlate to... The titles uh, of the TV show episodes. Yes. So, like, the the first one, A Study in Pink, is supposed to be A Study in Scarlet. You know, stuff like that. So I can I get a lot of the references... They're two really different things, though. Honestly, I kind of want to say Sherlock is the Doctor without the sci-fi to it. I almost feel like that's the direction they've kind of taken it, especially with the the twist at the end of Season uh, 3 here now. I feel like that's more the direction they're going. I think that's one of the draws where it's almost like more of the Doctor in between. Does that make sense? I really don't agree on that. I think... And we should say, because you mentioned the twist at the end of Series 3, full spoilers, obviously, but uh, so we're going to talk about everything Sherlock, all three series, and the mini-episode in between Series 2 and 3. I I don't feel... I mean, I I get what you're saying in terms of tone, somewhat, to an extent, but the characters are very different. Yes, it is about two people having adventures. I'll give you that. Both things are, generally. But it's much more based in, quote-unquote, the real world, in that... With Doctor Who, love it or hate it, just about every episode, the Doctor figures out a way to get get themselves out of some predicament by magic. Yes, it's magic that they call science, but it's just deus ex machina, and that's all it is. At least in Sherlock, every episode is, here's a mystery, how will they solve it, and here's how Sherlock solved it. Here is step-by-step everything that happened could have happened, didn't happen, all of it laid out for you, and with the maybe slight exception of Hound of the Baskervilles, they all pretty much That was exactly my thought. I was like, that's not true, because Hounds was weird. But even with that one, yes, it was a little bit more hokey science fiction science, and not even science fiction science, but just Tom Clancy-style science, if you will, and that's just simply not a very good episode. It's like the one of two that don't really work for me that well. They're still good, but they're not to the levels of greatness that the other ones are. <laughs> Even with that, they still make an, a, an effort to be, here are the steps it takes to solve the mystery, here are the facts, here's all that kind of stuff. Whereas with Doctor Who, love it or hate it, it's, hey, I grabbed the thingamajig and I reprogrammed <laughs> it to squirrely and it all worked. Squirrely. No, then there's also the power of believing in yourself. Yes, and, and you'll get none of that in Doctor <laughs> Who. Or you'll get none of that in Sherlock, I mean. Yes, to the extent that it's a really smart person having adventures with a slightly less smart person and they're written by the same people uh, in a lot of cases. I wouldn't say that that's similar. I think back to A Study in Scarlet, or A Study in Pink, I should say. Sorry, that's the actual name of the episode. Where he's running down the steps so eccentric. like, And I think that may have changed some as the characters developed and they stepped into their own roles. But even like in Series 3, the completely unnecessary scene where he's marching with the hat on for all of five seconds and then sets the hat aside and then goes into the building. But that's more just a style of humor type deal than anything else. Yes, but I feel like it had a Doctor feel to it in the humor. And and like you said, it's the same people writing it, and I think, you know, Moffat writing it, it's obviously going to have that same feel regardless. But I I can also see what you're saying there. So you asked me this a little bit ago, uh, comparing the original to to the new show. What's your thoughts there? I don't know what you've read. I mean, I've read quite a bit of Sherlock Holmes, both the originals, um, when I was a kid, a lot of adaptations. I, I still There's remember... so many adaptations. Uh, do you remember Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century, the cartoon? No. What in the world was that? Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century. That sounds like the laziest theme song ever. It was a late 90s, early 2000s Fox Kids cartoon. It's exactly what it is. Um, Watson was, oh. a, was an android. Seriously? That, they're that lazy? <laughs> I can't remember if he was actually, like, his Watson's consciousness preserved in an Android. Was it, like, Watson? Like No, I think it was actually just called Watson. This is me remembering back ten years now, yeah. or more than that. But what they did was basically both Sherlock and Moriarty, um, when they went down Reichenbach Falls, froze Captain America, style, Captain America style and were, you know, defrosted 300 years later. Ser- seriously. That was basically the premise of the show. Wow, that is atrocious. But at least as a kid, I really liked it, and it got me into Sherlock Holmes. 
So, okay. you know, for good or for ill, that's, that's you know, it got me into Sherlock Holmes, so what can you do? Um, but, you know, I've seen a lot of different versions of it, be it the, you know, especially as a kid, be it that or the Wishbone version or <laughs> many other children's adaptations and then Sir Arthur Conan Doyle versions. I still have not seen either of the Robert Downey Jr. movies in full. I've seen bits and pieces of each of them. I saw the first one. It was fine. It was a lot more mystic-y than I guess I cared for. Like, at one point, he's sitting in a seance circle and getting high. I was really confused by that whole... Well, at least the getting high part totally fixed <laughs> off um, Being as that he was... I guess it was cocaine in, Or what was the... Op- it was opium in the original. I thought it was... I thought it... Well, they also make, make mention of cocaine. It might have been both. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, in, in Sherlock, it's much more... Um, nicotine, but it's also just smoking, yeah. also heroin. <laughs> we find out for sure. I mean, it's been hinted at before, but definitely heroin. But just he was on a case. But also, even Mycroft, an episode before, was like, keep him off the wagon. What did you just call him? Mycroft. You said Mycroft. Did I say Mycroft? Yeah, you said okay. My- <laughs> My- well, Mycroft, uh, his brother. You mean Mike? <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike and Cheryl's. Um, <laughs> that was the best part. That that whole scene, uh, we'll get to it later, but I just had the biggest grin on my face, but like a slightly confused <laughs> grin, but like, I don't fully understand what's happening, but it may be my favorite thing ever to have happened. Oh. Uh, but. Also, Mycroft might be my new favorite character. I don't know why, but. Mycroft's pretty awesome. Like, he had a lot bigger role in Series 3, and it was, it was just wonderful. But then, continue, sorry, I interrupted your, your spiel about growing up on Sherlock. But so I, I've read and seen a lot of the originals and a lot of the various adaptations. I've got to say, at least of the adaptations, I don't think. No, it's really no. What about House? How do you throw House in that? I've seen maybe one season's worth of episodes from the entire series. Um, it's it's fine. House is a standard hospital procedural with a really likable uh, lead character, or not? I mean, a really yeah. likable, dislikable lead character that I was not really interested in the show because that that whole format doesn't really do anything for me. But, you know, him as Holmes' house, and then Watson... Was it Watson in, in House, or what was the name of his I don't sidekick? know. I didn't care about House. It was so. Wilson or Watson or something. Wilson. You know, it, and he lived at 221B something street. You know, it's yeah. it's all it's very... You know, they, they made no bones about it. It, it was, was very, Yeah, it was, it was more like homage, but not a... Yeah, it was definitely yeah. more homage. Whereas you've got CBS's Elementary right now, which is definitely updated Sherlock Holmes. I haven't actually seen anything, but I've heard people say it's actually a lot better than you'd expect. See, that was my it's thing. It's very it, different it from Sherlock, out, but it's good in its own It came way. out in such close proximity to Sherlock. I shouldn't say close proximity. I should say long enough that America looked at Sherlock and said, we need to make more money, and therefore decided to make Elementary. I hear good things. Apparently, feminists really like it. My feminist friends really speak very highly of it. So, I don't know what that says, but I have not given it the time. Partially because it's like, oh, it's just a Sherlock ripoff. But, I, you know, it's hard to say that but when there's... It's, it's there's not a Sherlock show, ripoff. It's another adaptation That's of exactly what I was going to say. There's <laughs> so know. many adaptations, but Sherlock's the best one, so I don't know why... Sherlock's certainly it. my favorite one, but that doesn't mean there's not room for more good things. Just because you have my favorite chocolate cake and my second favorite chocolate cake doesn't mean I'm going to be like, I don't want the second favorite chocolate cake because, you know, it's still really good chocolate cake. I, you know you know what I'm yes, saying? Um, there's always room for more desserts, is the point. So, you, uh, we mentioned Mycroft. Mycroft is played by Mark Gaddis. Uh, well, I don't know who that is. He's one of the big guys on Doctor Who. He's huh. one of the main three people behind... Sherlock, and he plays Mycroft. Okay, good to know. He was Fair also, enough. he played a villain in Doctor Who once. Um, who? The scientist who went into the machine that was supposed to make him young forever, and then eventually he was turned Lazarus? into a spider thing. Yeah, Lazarus. Oh, I didn't realize that. That was him, and it really, I think it was a wig, or they dyed his hair, but just Well, there really was a ton of makeup, because he was hair. old. Yeah. Well, I think that might have been a separate actor. Possibly, I don't remember off the top of my head. Definitely yeah. the young version was him. But even there, the hair was really weird and blonde and stringy looking. Uh, besides the point. So, modern update. You've got Sherlock. You've got Watson. You have Mrs. Hudson. You have who? Inspector <laughs> Lestrade. 
Can I just say everything you learn about Mrs. Hudson this series this series is hilarious. I feel like that was true about previous series. Though. You'd always every episode you'd find out something more about her, and she <laughs> she seems just like a normal, nice old lady. But then every episode you find out something crazier about her past. She was married to a drug lord, and I want to say in South America, and she sort of ran the business, but she argues against it, and she definitely smokes weed and does possibly does other drugs. <laughs> she was an exotic dancer at one point, yeah. like. <laughs> And she was like, you were on YouTube, weren't you? And you're like, what? You have Inspector Lestrade. Lestrade. Pretty similar, I think, to his original version. I don't know if they ever... You don't really... Yeah, they didn't went, never went to Yeah, in either version. I mean, yeah. he's a police detective who has a soft spot for Sherlock yeah. and uses him to help solve cases. Um, once you get into the, some of the other characters, though, I mean, of course, the woman is obviously from Sherlock Holmes. Her, yeah. But then you have a lot of other – Irene Adler, to be specific. You have a lot of other characters like that, that I quite frankly also, don't can remember, I just like say, Molly, I know, Hoop, Molly Hooper. Uh, I don't think she was in I think she was a new creation. Can I just say with, with Adler, I know it's like the original name and everything, but it's just like really – like come on now. Pick a better name than the poisonous steak. That's just too obvious that she's going to bite you. I mean, come on now. But anyway. Okay, her last name is Adler. Yes. You're thinking Adder. Those are two different it's things. It's close enough. Those are you two can different cut things. All of this because I'm God. Continue. Uh, so we were saying Mary Hooper. I think she's made up. M- Molly Hooper. Molly Mary Hooper. Molly Morrison is is uh, Watson's wife. Yes. Who's not made up, but is a very different character in the show. Very. Than she was in the book for I think the better. I mean, it was much more interesting. She was just the wife character in the books. It took it in a direction that I didn't totally agree with. The whole, what did I do to deserve this thing? I didn't care for that at all. I didn't care for the explanation they gave that. We'll get into yeah. it. But, but I like a lot of the supporting cast. Molly is just adorable. I like all the police detectives. All the slapping. So much slapping. Um, Mycroft's awesome. And especially Irene Adler. I mean, we've only seen her in one and a smidgen in another episode. Well, she's dead. No, she's not. You don't watch after the credits, apparently. Nope. She's definitely alive. She is 100% alive. But I like all the supporting cast. Hopefully she'll be back in series four and five. But it's all about Sherlock and Watson in the show. The other characters are great. Sherlock and Watson is I would show. say I would say it's all about Sherlock. This season, I think, gave more flushing out to Watson. But I think the first two seasons were, here's Sherlock, and then he has a companion who you already know who it is because it's part of the book. So I agree with that, but yeah, it's yeah, it's growing more and more Watson, which I appreciate because they've really been flushing out his character, and it's been nice. So and they've been flushing out everyone's character, and that's going to happen when you have, you know, four and a half hours to, to develop them in every season. But So let's talk a little bit about how the show started out. The first episode, you've got John Watson, who comes back from war in Afghanistan, just like the original John Watson. Which which was well-timed in in that. It it, it was definitely fortuitous um, for the creation of the character that they could, hey, 100 or 200 years ago, or I guess 100 years ago, when uh, John Watson was a character, there was a war in Afghanistan. Guess what? 100 years later, there's another war in Afghanistan. So John Watson is dealing with PTSD, yep. and he's looking for someone to lodge with, or I guess really it's his psych- psychiatrist or therapist who's saying, you really need to find somebody. He gets set up with Sherlock Holmes as a roommate, essentially, yep. and quickly they set off on adventures. Adventures. I don't think you really need any more backstory than that. Sherlock Holmes is a high-functioning sociopath, possibly <laughs> somewhat autistic, but... That was- that was the best. You're a psychopath. High-functioning sociopath with your phone number. You have Sherlock's brother, Mycroft Holmes, yep. who in the first episode you meet him, and from the beginning you were led to believe he is Moriarty. Yeah, because they keep saying M, and you're like, oh, this early? You already have Moriarty? Nope, you don't. Instead, they went the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen uh, route, and the not really big bad, but the shadowy figure with the initial M is not Moriarty, but Mycroft Holmes, Sherlock's yep. brother. Like I said, played by Mark Addison, I and mean, he really is great. Like every season, yeah, he has he a little is. bit more to do, and and that's really and he's just awesome. quirky too. You got Mrs. Hudson, you've got Inspector Lestrade, you've got his two—I don't want to call them assistants—but the two detectives under him. Yeah, both of which uh, Anderson and Donovan. Donovan, yeah, well, yeah, good one, good call, Anderson. Because I read it on the page on the internet in front of us. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yes, there's a lot of names up there. I can't pick out which ones I'm looking for. <laughs> And are there any other major characters? I guess Molly Hooper, who is the medical examiner, 
and who has... Well, she's just a straight-up mortician. I thought she was both. Oh, maybe she, you know, Moonlights is a, you know, something. But anyway, she has a never-ending crush on Sherlock, despite the fact that he is a jerk to her constantly. He's a jerk to Mm -hmm. everyone constantly, but especially to her. There are a few moments where that gets pulled back, and you see that she may be more into him than he lets on, but in general, she is madly in love with him, and he is constantly a jerk to her. (laughs) And, Which makes and you feel so bad. In the beginning her. of the show, completely oblivious to it. And that's one of the things about character development I was talking about, where he starts to develop, and there's a really brilliant sub... I don't know if it's something, because it was pretty blatant at the same time. Uh, theme of loneliness, and the importance of being with people in this third series. And I think it, it shows character growth in Sherlock, and that he recognizes not people's emotions and feelings as much as regardless of you acknowledge this or not, you need other people to be around. And so I think that's a whole thing. And Because and, he's a lot nicer to her eventually and not just abuses her and whatnot. So. Starting a little bit with the end of the second series. Um, but before that, in the end of the first episode, you, know, you have your mystery, and then you find out there may be someone behind everything that's happened, and you get the main villain of that first episode is told by Sherlock to give him a name as he's dying and he croaks out one final word and that word is Pierce Moriarty well more like Moriarty yeah well I was saying it like a flamboyant individual (laughs) but so second episode you also get a little hint of hey there's somebody behind this second episode isn't as good the second episode of both the first two series is a major step down in my opinion and some people don't like the second episode of the third series I've loved it Quite Who frankly. doesn't like it? It's a very divisive episode. People either loved it or hated it. Now, there are a lot of holes in it. There are, and I can agree with that, but just the whole tempo and funness of the whole episode, I loved. But I'm curious, we'll get to about why people hate that one. But I don't even remember the second episode of the first series. It's the one with the Chinese teapots and the traveling oh, circus. With the ninjas and the... More or less, Yes. That one was oh, all right. But it's th- that's the thing. Episode one is awesome. Episode three is awesome in both the first and second series. Episode two of both of them is, it's okay. Episode three, though, and, and this is the, this is, I think we'll just kind of blend into this third one here. Um, series one, two is okay. Series two, two was the worst episode in the entire show. And then series three, two is the best. So I'm just going to that That's at least our opinion. We yeah. really like that second episode of I don't, series three. I don't think anyone likes Hounds. Hounds was just bad. Hounds was a mess. Um, and, and didn't fit the tone of the show. No. It was a little bit too out there. I get what they were trying to do. It didn't work. Well, they were basically like, oh, we got Hounds of the Baskerville. That's the most famous one. How are we going to work this one in? And they went from there. But regardless. So you were saying. So in episode three of series one, Molly gets a boyfriend. All right. Can can I just say my, Sherlock, my stupidity in this? Sherlock quickly deduces, oh, yeah, Molly, your boyfriend's gay. Well, all right. And so, he's into me. So I remember, I don't, I don't think you were the first person to introduce me to Sherlock, but I remember you had watched this before I did. And then we watched this together. Because I was sitting there the entire episode, and I wasn't very happy with the episode itself until the reveal, and the ending was very well done. But the whole time, I'm like... Well, it's obviously that person for that crime, and that person did that, and that person did that. Because uh, they wouldn't introduce someone if they didn't have a purpose. And I kept saying that line over and over and over again. They don't introduce someone or something unless it has I a purpose. I do vaguely remember this. They yes. do, it wouldn't have that if it didn't have a purpose. They wouldn't do this if it didn't have a purpose. And then I got slapped in the face because I was being stupid. And what, at the end of the episode, Sherlock and Watson are caught in a little trap, you could say, by Molly's boyfriend. So I'm who? James Moriarty. Hi. Hi. So James Moriarty is a very different incarnation of the character from any I've seen before, and I would definitely say my favorite. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel like Moffat did with him what Davies did with the Master and in, in Doctor Who, and and this is what I was getting. Except at. I think Moffat did it a lot better. Like I agree. The Master is a bit too much, and they tone that down. Tone it down? Where are you getting toned down? Toned down from the master, especially in The End of Time. Particularly in those two episodes, they tone him way down and you get James Moriarty. James I, I actually say the exact opposite. Like, I think that Moriarty is a step above the master and a step below the Joker. 
Like, he's hovering that fine line in between the two there. I would give you in terms of crazy, yes, but not in terms of mania. In terms of mania, the master is literally jumping 50 feet in the air and shooting lightning bolts out of his hand (laughs) and cackling at the top of his lungs while eating people. (laughs) Like, in terms of crazy, arguably Moriarty is crazier, but in terms of just mania and outlandishness, the master is like 10 times Moriarty in this. Uh, But we're not here to talk Doctor Who, we're here to talk Sherlock. No, but I think I think there's a lot of grounds for a comparison. Oh, I, I totally agree. So, but I absolutely adore the Moriarty in Sherlock. I agree. I very much agree. Who he he just wants to be loved, Pierce. <laughs> he just wants to be recognized as a smart or smarter than Sherlock. Well, and he, that's what it comes so down to. He is so smart. He is so successful. He is so rich. He is so everything he could ever want to be that the only thing he has left in his life that he wants and needs desperately is the approval of Sherlock Holmes as his better. And see, that is why I said a step below Joker. Because it is the Batman-Joker relationship there. To many extents. Yeah. The, you know, has to get his approval, has to best him in some way. We'll go to literally any extent to get that. So, yeah, I I agree um, that he is a fantastic character. He, his flamboyancy, not even in, you know, the traditional word of flamboyancy. He's just... Theatric. Yeah, exactly. Incredibly theatric. It's it's well done. The way they introduced him in Series 3, I mean, you see him... In the Tower of London? No. Or well, in... that's that's Series 2. Well, because Series 1 ends in a cliffhanger. Series 2 picks up right where that left off, yeah. the same scene. You, so you only get, really get five minutes of Moriarty in the first series and five minutes of Moriarty in the first episode of the second series. And then you get him... Do you get him at all in the second episode? Maybe like in a, in a teaser at the end of the episode? I don't think so at all, because remember, it was awful. And the, uh, that's true. Except for the coffee thing. That was the one redeeming that thing That was pretty funny. Um, but then the third episode is all Moriarty all the time of series two, yeah. and it is, it's the Reichenbach fall. It's it's mm-hmm. what was originally the last Sherlock Holmes story before Arthur Conan Doyle realized, oh, I can make money off yep. this, and brought him back. It's the spoilers for the original Sherlock, <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle stories, the story where Sherlock and Moriarty die. But uh, they, they had some fun with that, which left us for two years. Stupid Hobbit. Two years trying to theorize as to how Sherlock faked his own death because Moriarty dies, then Sherlock appears to commit suicide, but by the end of the episode, you know he's alive. No one else does, but he is alive. Oh, no. No. Everyone else. Everyone else knew that fact. No, no, no. no. I mean, mean, Watson didn't know. And that was it. But He told Mycroft. He told his parents. Well, Mycroft, his parents, and Molly knew. But I mean, like, Lestrade didn't know. Mrs. Hooper didn't. Or Mrs. Um, Mrs. Hudson. Mrs. Hudson didn't know. These people, they assumed he was dead. The, the okay. world assumes so he's dead. Two, we two know he's people alive. thought he was dead. Everyone else was all like, yeah, oh yeah, he's alive. The entire rest of the world assumes he's dead. <laughs> who knows who he is? Yeah. But we, the audience, are letting that he's alive. So we have two years of, well, how do you do it? How do two you do it? How do you do it? The Hobbit. Yep. And then Series 3 happens, and they kind of tell us. They kind of give us several explanations, some really funny. Well, they do actually tell us. I mean... Well, there's a huge debate as to whether what he told Anderson or not was the truth. There's a huge debate. Because even Anderson points out, why in the world would you tell me, of all people, how you did it? And I think that goes back to... And I agree with you. I think it's at least 90% well, here, exactly here's, what Here's why I would say it's, it is true. For two reasons. One, I think we mentioned before, I know we mentioned um, Moriarty's theatricalness, but especially Series 3 points out Sherlock's love of theatrics and his love of explaining things. He and ex- fake mustaches. And fake mustaches. And his hate of real mustaches. <laughs> which is an interesting are, character. Are you gonna, yeah, I was about to say, are you going to keep that? Or, really? 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 Um, that whole, the whole being kicked out of restaurants thing was wonderful. But... Here's the two reasons. One, the theatrics, which gets pointed out in this uh, whole series, is that he is all about theatrics. He has to put on a show, uh, and he loves explaining how he did everything. I think that's reason one why he did it, or it told him the truth. Reason two being, right before that, was the whole loneliness aspect, and living on your own, and kind of holding that in. And I think that was his 
first step in character growth of that episode and of the whole series, well, I should say series three, uh, where he's starting to come out and recognize that he needs other people, so this is him reaching out to someone he would have never have had any contact before, always put down in every regard, and that's why he was telling him. So I saw that as a character growth moment, as well as a Moffat finally explaining how it all went down. See, you say character growth. Whereas my reading of that, because I also believe that it's probably at least mostly the truth yeah. that what, what he told Anderson, my reading of it was he only told Anderson because he knew Anderson wouldn't believe him, and Sherlock loves nothing more than to screw with Anderson. That's also fair. And just mess with That his could head. be a third reason tacked onto that, yeah. <laughs> so you say character growth, I say reversion to old habits. But yeah. regardless, we, we don't for sure know exactly how he survived, but we have a pretty good idea. Yeah, because it was him and Moriarty making out on the roof. That I love that. I laugh <laughs> so hard at that. How they played with you know the, all the fans. Yeah, the theories take that internet. Yep. But basically, the internet had thousands of theories in the last two years. And, and they, so many of them were slash fiction. And they oh, worked in a ton of them into the show as theories other characters had. And you had to see them played out. A lot of them were very funny with Darren Brown and the and the, the bungee jumping portion and all the different things where it was, just, it was really funny. Uh, that really threw me for a loop. I was like, all right, I'm on board. And then he made out with Molly. I was like... Less on board. I was like, I don't... I think this is a joke. The moment he started making out with Molly, I was like, okay, this is totally a joke. As much <laughs> as I would love this to happen, it's clearly not really going to happen. Mm-hmm. But so Sherlock comes back two years later and reveals to John Watson he's alive. John Watson doesn't take it very well. How, how could you let me think you were dead for two years? Yep. It's understandable. And then he slowly finds out everyone else that knew, which was hilarious. <laughs> but... uh there's been some changes in John Watson's life in the last two years. He, he found a lady, or it's more specifically, he finally stuck with a lady. Because John Watson went through many different yeah, uh, some dates, dates in the first two series. But uh, John Watson's getting married to a lady named Mary. Yeah. Uh, she seems very nice. We don't really learn a whole lot about her in the first episode, She's, but she's very helpful to Sherlock. She seems very intelligent. And I knew something was up. I didn't know what it would end up being. The internet in general knew something was up. There was definitely theories going around a while before the reveal in the third episode. What what did it for me was the way she got one of his wordsy around her things. I was all like, I didn't see all those because that happened really quickly, but I bet one of those words is going to have something to do with yeah. Yeah, the word liar was in there about 15 times. Yeah. And there's only about 50 words up there. Yeah, so, so you're like, oh, that's got to mean something. So... But uh, the second episode is John and Mary's wedding, and this is the one that's very best, divisive. Best episode. I absolutely loved it. I don't know if I would say best. The Reichenbach Fall is is neck and neck with it for me. Well, that was that was amazing in a very serious note. This was a much more fun episode. I would say I this totally is, agree. This with was, you. this is the most fun episode of the show. But uh, and the whole episode revolves around Sherlock having to give a best man speech at the wedding. Yep, and. Either being the worst best man speech giver or the best, depending on how you want to look at it, he gives little snippets of past mysteries they had, more ways for them to work in, you know, other snippets from the books into the show, and then they have to solve a murder at the wedding. Again, you see Mary is very smart, very resourceful. She fits in well with the dynamic duo of Watson and, and Holmes, and at the end of the episode, we find out she's pregnant. Yeah. The sign of three. Which, which, again... I, it's one of those things where I sh- I'd slap me in the face, my rule of they don't put something in a show unless it means something. The whole wine thing, I'm like, oh, why did they talk about her hating the wine? That has to have a purpose. Eh, I doubt it. And then it was like, oh wait, it did have a purpose. <laughs> <sighs> and then the third episode is where we're introduced... No, 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 we're not done with okay, the wedding. Okay. We're not done with the wedding. So... Why Why do people hate it? What is it, the fact that it all worked together too nicely? No, the people who don't like it, who are, there's many of them, like I said, it's a very divisive episode, and I'm fine with that, is that it's all character, and the mystery is pretty dumb. The mystery was really dumb. And it all comes down to, are you watching the show for the characters, or for the mystery, or a mix of both? I'd say I'm a mix of both person, although I really like the characters. And but for the people who are really there for the mysteries and the characters is a nice is a nice you know, icing on the cake. Yeah, they were more disappointed. And okay, I totally I can get that. that. I can see that. The, my thing was when he dropped the wine glass, though. I thought he was realizing that the the photographer was the bad guy the whole time. That's when I realized it. Yeah. I was amazed that it was took him longer. Yeah, that's what really confused me. I I was sitting there thinking, 
either the photographer is going to be the one that dies, or he's the one that did the whole thing. So I'm really confused why he's taking so long to figure out who's going to die. But anyway, we can move on to 3 now, which... 3 was, like, mind-blowing? I love 3. Now, first off, we should say, we knew when the season started, or when the series started, rather, for Series 3, we knew, you know, Moriarty's dead. Yep. So, or is he? So who's going to be the new villain? There are other, like, somewhat, I mean, not as well-known as Moriarty, but known villains in the Sherlock Holmes of yeah. And so the one they go with is Charles, is it Charles Alfred or Charles Albert Magnuson? Uh, Charles Magnuson. Magnuson. Charles Augustus Magnuson. Augustus, and it was an A. Played by, not Mads Milkinson, but his brother, whose name I'm going to forget, but basically you have the villain of Sherlock piece being played by the brother of the guy who's currently playing Hannibal Lecter on uh, on the show Hannibal. Which I hear is a very good show. Uh, yeah, I hear that as well. I don't know if it did too well in the ratings, so I think it might already be done. But regardless, I thought he did a great job. He plays basically evil Sherlock, but in a very different way than Moriarty was evil Sherlock. Well, he he's not evil Sherlock. Well, villainous Sherlock. No, not even He's villainous. a blackmailer. He's he's gray Sherlock. More and and I think that was one of the other subplots of the show is the gray. So, and that was and that really triggered at the end of series 2 where you think you're dealing in black and white, you're dealing in gray. You know, just because I'm on the sides of the side of the angel doesn't mean I am one. And, and uh Magnuson in this to me was the epitome? Is that the right phrase? Epitome. Epitome. There you go. Epitome. Which is a real word. As yes. Epitome. Epitome is a real world. word. No, yes. It's, it. it's the word epitome. No, epitome is a real word. E-P-I-T-O-M-E is how you spell epitome. Damn it. <laughs> There's also no real word called hyperbole. I know that. That's hyperbole. Yes. <laughs> you, I know that. Uh, <laughs> it's the epitome of hyperbole. You. <laughs> I make the same mistake. I, I whenever I read, I have to epitome. Epitome. I, I always have to correct myself. Okay. Anyway, epitome. To me, Magnuson was the epitome of that gray area where he's not evil. He does not want to destroy anything. No, he wants to control the world. He arguably the most evil thing you can do. No, he doesn't. He want wants to Darth Sidious it. I wouldn't even say Darth Sidious it. I, he wants to control the world through the flow of information. I don't know how much more villainous you can get. No, he's not tying women to train tracks or chopping people in half. He doesn't have to because he's smarter than that. I see. All right. He licks a woman in this episode. <laughs> that was the creepiest thing he, in the world. He stands there and flicks Watson in the face for three minutes. That was... You're telling me that's not an evil dude? He's a bully. He's, he's a bully. He's bullying the entire planet. See, that, in my mind, is the gray there. Like, it's not... He doesn't want to destroy anything. He's not anything like that. He doesn't even want to rule. He doesn't want to step into a position of power. No, he wants to control everything. There's a difference he, between controlling and ruling. He wants to be the guy yes, behind the scenes. Exactly. And so that's why... Why is that not villainous? He it's, just wants to kill a couple cops. It's no big deal. But see, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to kill anyone. He doesn't need to kill anyone. You're right on He's that. He's totally fine with ruining everyone's lives, because that's much more effective for him. Not even ruining their lives, threatening to ruin their lives. And, and going through with it. But also having no proof of it. But see, and that's the other thing. He doesn't need proof. Well, he doesn't need proof because he controls the media. Exactly. Yeah. Again, the dude's a straight-up villain. Well, all right, all right. But he's a different evil Sherlock than Moriarty was. Moriarty was a lot of the smarts, whereas I would say Magnuson is the organization of Sherlock. See, I would I would say the reverse. I would say the complete reverse. I would say Moriarty is the organization. He had the networking. He no, no, had... I mean I mean mental organization. I don't mean uh, specifically mental organization. Yeah, I would say the dude that had a filing cabinet of everyone ever had the mental organ. No, wait, you were saying that. Never yes. mind. We're swapping this. I'm still really far gone here at this point in time. Um, no, I would say then he has the smarts. Well, if you're talking mentally, well, that's a different thing. I'm talking about in reality, and that gets into my Moriarty about... has the deduction, but but Magnuson has the organization. 
He can store that information. He can process that information. When you phrase it that way, but I'm saying in, in reality organization, and we'll get into my theory about I don't think Moriarty is actually alive. Oh, neither I, do I. I think this is a further failsafe where, you know, he set up all these things where Sherlock would have to kill himself, but on the off chance Sherlock doesn't kill himself, set A, B, C, and D into motion and lead him to believe that. Oh, I, I totally, I totally buy that. Yeah. But, so, how far were you into the episode with Magnuson, which is called His Last Vow, a play on His Last Bow, the actual final Sherlock Holmes story written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? But also a reference to the previous episode, where he makes the only vow he's ever made in his entire life. Yes, but I'm saying that specifically, it's yeah. also a, it's a pun on the original yes, title. Yes, 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 yes. How far into the episode were you when you figured out the twist of, not of how it was going to end, I called that one, but of the, it's a mind palace, and not Google Glass. I, I was split from the very first scene, when he started analyzing those people. That, it was a very even split for me, between it, especially when they made the point of showing him cleaning his glasses, and then putting it back on, where it was like a, I don't imagine that would actually really do anything, so that's probably more of a mental thing in the first place anyway. So really from the beginning was when I was like, ah, that's, I don't Unless think it's it, a, a camera lens that is, you know, covered in dust and so it can't see people. Uh, I, I get that, but I or also... Or just his it. glasses were dirty and well, that bugs people with glasses. That, that's what I was thinking, know. yes. That's what I was more thinking, but on top of that, it was a him clearing his mind thing more than a... Oh, we got to make sure my Google Glass works. Oh, it's now. like me sitting here playing with my hair as we talk. It's just a mm. unconscious, nervous habit. Well, see, in my mind, they he, they had him do that specifically so it looked like he was fixing his targeting reticule. Oh, yeah, there. it was just to throw us off. Exactly. But it also works as a subconscious nervous habit. You're right, but because it was like meant to show that, that's why I was like a mental split in my mind. But, but so you're introduced to this character who blackmails people. Yes. And he's wearing these glasses and you keep seeing basically good old green and black DOS readouts on his glasses yeah. popping up of... This what, is the person you're the, looking what at. What TV shows is hacking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, but it was more just a readout of here's the person you're looking at, here's their siblings, here's what they're into, and here's their pressure point, here's what you can use against them. Yeah. And he keeps singing this throughout the episode. And I, I should have called it earlier because this whole series has been, this whole particular series, series three, has been about Sherlock's Mind Palace. Yeah. And how Which, they've shown yeah. way more than any other series. And I liked that. I thought that was used really effectively. Yeah. Like in the, in uh, Parliament in the first episode. I think it was Parliament, but in a courthouse of some type. That um, was the second episode. Oh, second episode. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, was it in the first episode as well? In the second episode, or in the third episode, it was him with Moriarty in the dungeon or whatever. Oh, that was so creepy. <laughs> no, even even from the beginning of that, when he first gets shot, and he goes straight to Molly, and yeah, Molly's like, cool. "Which direction do you fall? Figure this out now. You have about thirty seconds. You have do three it. seconds. Yeah, you have three seconds. Figure this out. Do you fall back, front or back? Did it go through you? If you choose wrong, you will bleed out and die. Yeah, if you, you know, it was that was. Really, I'm trying to think. Uh, what was the plot of the first one? What was the plot of the first one? The first one is him coming back to life. Terrorist plot bomb under Parliament. Uh, oh, which frustrated me Guy to Fox. no end. Oh my word! The moment I heard underground terrorist network, I'm like, Are we really going to do this? Are we really going to sit here for an hour until he realizes what underground means? Really? Now, come on! Now you're Sherlock. You should have gotten this already. But anyway, I don't know if that bothered anyone else in the world. But I was like, He should know exactly what underground means. Uh, you didn't actually see any of the Mind Palace in that episode, which I thought was interesting, but it fo that episode focused so heavily on the Sherlock-Watson dynamic that in the moment he was supposed to go to his Mind Palace... You do see some Mind Palace, you don't see him going in it, but you do see like words popping up on screen, which is part of it. Which is part of it, but I don't associate that as a Mind Palace scene. That's just, I think, how he perceives the world. I can buy that as well, but it's also part of Magnuson's Mind Palace, because we eventually find out this readout of people's pressure points and their histories and such is not some computer beaming this to his glasses. It is his brain is just like Sherlock's. He has a mind palace, which is a real thing, you know, but it sounds a little hokey, but it is a real concept of the way he organizes his thoughts and memories, and he blackmail he just memorizes things about people and then blackmails yeah. them. If he doesn't need to prove these things because he can just print them in his newspaper because that's what newspaper people do. At least that's how it's framed. 
so I should have caught it earlier just because so much input had been put into so much screen time had been given to the to the mind palace it be, be, been given to Sherlock's mind palace but also been specifically repeated in how he goes down to his yes vault. yes it's very repetitive in that how Magnuson goes down yes, to his correct. vaults um, but the that's one twist the other real twist is oh yeah Mary Watson yeah she's ex CIA she's a yeah. ex spy and she may she still was a be freelance on their mercenary. side. On their side, yeah, she was yeah. a freelance mercenary after the CIA or whatever. Yeah. She may still be on their side, but this whole thing was about getting close to Sherlock on both her part and Madison's part. Mm-hmm. Um, although she really does love John Watson, I think that's made clear by the end of the episode. But yeah, even halfway through, yeah, she is not who they thought she was. No, and Sherlock commits murder. <laughs> Yeah. And he gets exiled, but he quickly gets brought back. That frustrated me as well. When uh, all of a sudden, coming up on every screen in Great Britain, a la Star... Uh, a la... Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Not Star Trek in the Darkness. Uh, Man of Steel. Oh, yeah. Or, or V. I was thinking more V. Yeah, that image of basically a cardboard cutout of James Moriarty with his mouth animated saying, Did you miss me? Did you miss me? Did, Did you miss me? me? And all different modulations yeah. and tones and frequencies. And then, uh, so Sherlock gets brought back, series ends and will come back for series four eventually and then after the credits you have the actual James Moriarty turning towards the screen saying did you miss me yeah in a actual fluid motion trying to denote that he in fact was still alive but well I think it was more just as a little easter egg for the fans more than anything canonical but because I agree with you I don't think Moriarty's alive I think uh, here's the thing there's it, no it, way he tricked Sherlock into thinking he was dead. The only way I'd buy it if it's Sherlock has known from the beginning that this was a fake suicide just intended to trick everybody watching and so turnabout's fair play, he would also fake his own suicide, but they had some reason to basically agree to keep it a secret. And yeah. we just didn't see that. I would buy that. I don't buy that he actually faked his suicide in front or of Or they try to go back to the whole children's author thing. But... Oh, Richard Brooke? Yeah. But even in the first episode of this series, it's made clear that they, you know, after looking into it, everybody knows now that Richard Brooke was a complete fabrication, didn't exist before two years ago or whatever it was. Um, it's because it's Reichenbach. It's <laughs> Richard Brooke is Reichenbach. I know, I know. You know. Now, the other thing is they make no mention of Moriarty's body in any way, shape, or form. They don't mention where he's buried. They don't mention that in any... Anything. Only in one of the alternate how did Sherlock do it explanations, which was not the real one. Yeah, but that doesn't count. No, no, I, I'm, I'm yeah, saying, yeah. yeah. So they also, you know, so that theory, I guess, could make sense because there is no mention of anybody at all. Like, I feel like they would have said, well, what'd they do with his body? Oh, yeah, it's... Well, that could still happen in series four. That's That could true. be part one is we need to go find his body, have it exhumed, make that's sure it was true. really him, whatever. Yeah. And then the body will be missing or whatever. Of course. But it could be a fail-safe thing that he instated. It That's what I'm thinking. It could be his followers. It could be his brother. You know, who knows? I mean, it's hinted at in the third episode of Series 3... Please, please call him Mike. Please call him Mike. ...that Mycroft and Sherlock have a third brother who something bad happened to. Yeah. My guess is that could be James Moriarty. Or it could be eh. something completely separate. Eh. But... You know, this could be their third brother trying to get revenge on them. This could be my um, just Moriarty's brother. This could be somebody in his organization. This could be just somebody who doesn't like Sherlock and wants to screw with him. It could have been something Mycroft started just to get Sherlock back in the country. That was his big plan, really yeah. something fake to get Sherlock back there. Or Eileen Adler could be involved somehow. I was actually oh, amazed. Oh, she is. She's going to be. I thought when they put him on the plane at the end of uh, season series three, episode three... When he gets on that plane, it's framed in a way that you only see him and his side of the plane in the window. And I was waiting. The big, I, was, I thought before the uh, Moriarty thing happened, yeah. the big twist was going to be it pans over and, she, and it's going to be her on the plane sitting across the aisle from him saying, so are you ready to get started or it's so good to see you, darling, yeah. or something. Because she's not dead. They made that clear in the show. Oh. And I want to see her yeah, back. And they've but said, you know why? you know why that's not going to happen? Because it's Moffat. And dear Moffat, why do you like killing off women and then not bringing them back? a la River. Yeah, still pissed about that. Thank he, you very he, much. He didn't kill her. I mean, Adler's alive. No, what I'm saying is he likes just writing women out of shows and then not bringing them but back. But no, he said she's going to be back. They just didn't have a space for her in this series. Although she does show up. Adler? Yeah. Oh. In his mind palace in the second episode. No, I know that. I'm just mad they 
rode off river so quickly. A lot of people were guesstimating that um, Watson's sister Harry was going to show up <laughs> at the wedding and that it was going to be played Oh, yeah, by why her. was she not in the wedding? Uh, there was an explanation, uh, but I forget what it was. Okay. But I think it may be because Alex Kingston wasn't available and they could still have her in the future show up as his sister. And I think... Oh, if she showed up and said, hello, sweetie, I'd giggle hello, like a little girl. sweetie. Oh, my word. Oh, I love her so much. I'm so mad at Moffat over her. <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue. You get mad too easily. So but she was she was the greatest. Like, I know Amy Pond is the best, and I know I'm getting off track with this sentence, but I really don't care. I liked her more than Amy Pond. See, you complain they brought her on and killed her off. They brought her on and killed her off in the same episode, or... I guess technically the next episode, but it's a two-parter. Yeah. And then they've brought her back 50 times since then. But then they just made her disappear. Like, they didn't have the, he comes to her with the flowers and says goodbye episode. There wasn't that. It was just the, she's suddenly gone now. And you don't hear about her until the finale when she's sort of a ghost-like thing. Like, it was just so confusing. I, I think they'll get back to it eventually. Maybe we should just wait since the show's not done. It's no, still going. I hate <laughs> waiting. This is frustrating. But uh, do we have anything else to say about Sherlock since you seem so intent on talking Doctor Who instead? No. Uh, we love the show. I think yes. that's been made clear. The first two series are all available on Netflix. Series three, you can probably still watch on PBS.com if you listen, like, if you check it out, like, as soon as you hear this, but maybe not. Um, but it'll be on, on Netflix eventually. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, import the DVDs or the Blu-rays from UK, and that'll be released here eventually as well. It is a phenomenal show. It is not a big time commitment. It's four and a half hours per season, and there's only three of them. Yeah, and then there's a ten minute long episode, uh, minisode, which I don't remember apparently in the slightest. It's but. it's it's good and clever, and I like it quite a bit. But check it out if you like Sherlock Holmes at all. This will be your favorite. If you like, if you like Doctor Who, try it. If you don't like Doctor Who, because I know a lot of. Um, yeah, my friends I think it's who find Doctor cheesy definitely different enough. Yeah, you know. people find Doctor cheesy, but like this. So, yeah. Alrighty. Well, I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. This has been Jersey Shore. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at Jordan at LegionOfDudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N at LegionOfDudes.com, or follow me on Twitter at Jordan FRM Jersey. <laughs> I want to eat at that restaurant, because I'm pretty sure that's a real restaurant. <laughs> Mrs. Hudson, there's a forest service sign, Mrs. Hudson. Did you see that, that picture online? There's a picture online of Benedict as a Muppet, and his mouth's just open, and his arms are flailing, and he's running around saying, There's been a forest suicide, Mrs. Hudson. <laughs>